We're the Pragmatic Doulas. This is a podcast where we talk all about birth and other interesting things. Birth may be a goddess, but she doesn't want to be worshipped. She wants to be respected. She doesn't want incense. She wants common sense. All right, here we go. Welcome. Hello. Welcome back, everybody. Good morning. Nice to have you here on this sunny, for us, Thursday morning. It Uh, is. The skies are blue. The sun is out. It is a little chilly, but what the hell? I hope you're. Did you go for your walk? Not yet. No. Not yet. Mm -mm. It's too early. I went for it to warm up a little bit (laughs) by like noon, and then I go. You need it to not hurt the bones. Yeah, as the days get warmer and warmer, then I can go earlier and earlier. Um, And then when it gets hot, then I go really early to avoid the heat. So it's a game with me and Mother Nature. (laughs) Who is winning? (laughs) She always wins. I should just give up. (laughs) That fucking chick. (laughs) So how's everybody doing? I'm okay. I slept on the couch last night, as you guys know, which was really weird. And I slept well on the couch, which is even weirder. Mm -hmm. I can't do that. I wake up every five minutes to say, where the heck am I? Oh my God, I'm in the living room. That's weird. Yeah. Well, I feel like I could probably sleep on Kim's couch. Kim's couch is comfortable as hell. Like you sink into it. It's like someone's hugging you. I don't know if it's that comfortable, but I've, I haven't uh, ever tested it out. So, Kim, I, <laughs> is I've never slept on it. I couldn't tell you. I uh, haven't laid on it yet. Yeah. <laughs> After this pandemic, I'll have to give it a try. Okay. <laughs> so, Kim, if you come home one day, I'm sleeping on your couch. I'm just testing. I'm just doing a quality control measure. You know, ensuring these things can happen. Fair enough. Okay, so everybody give their HP corner. What's going on? HPY, health priority in the time of pandemic. HP. Health pandemic, health priority pandemic. Yes, that's right. Not Harry Potter. (laughs) Harry Potter priority, (laughs) which wouldn't be so bad. Every week, I, when you say HP, something else comes to mind. The first week when we talked about HP, I thought about HP sauce. And the, remember the steak sauce? Yeah. Um, computers, Hewlett Packard. Hewlett Packard, yes. And Harry Potter now, but we are talking about health priority. Um, I don't know. I, where am I? I'm walking every day. I mean, I'm walking more than just walking the dogs. I'm trying to get out for just headphones on, um, which is so weird. Cause when I was a runner, I never ran with headphones. I just, it wasn't my thing. I like to think about things and clear my head and stuff. But now I am a, uh, I love listening to podcasts or music and stuff and just hammering it out for half an hour, 45 minutes. So I am doing that. I am moving my body. Um, in the past couple of days, I've been eating pretty good, actually. I think I've been, we're actually, we're all out of junk food. Um, so. Yeah, this, this is the thing. Yeah, there's nothing yummy in my house to eat either. I had peanut butter cookies yesterday, though. Mm-hmm. I had, they were good. Sure. They Megan, were. Megan made them. Suzanne, you're just not a peanut butter person. I get it. I understand it. I don't judge. Yay! <laughs> Good with the peanut butter cookie making. They look delicious. They're very good. Okay. And it doesn't. It doesn't even have peanut butter texture, Suzanne. Because I think for is it a texture thing for you? I think it's a texture oh, thing. Both. Oh. Okay. Well, I very much enjoyed three small, chunky peanut butter cookies. Excellent. Other than other than that, I ate well. I made that uh, risotto last night. That shrimp risotto. It was really good. Yes, yes, yes. But you didn't have it with risotto. You had um, cauliflower. Cauliflower. Yeah. And it takes like 15 fucking minutes. So it was like, hallelujah. Yeah. With regular shit you have in your house. Excellent. Kimberly, what is going on over there in your house? 
Not much. Nothing really, nothing really happening over here. You had peanut butter cookies too. Yeah, Thomas, Thomas, Thomas made, made them. them. Nothing going on over here. <laughs> oh, that's the story of everybody's lives, I think. Um, oh, Thomas is your resident. Well, I made banana bread yesterday. Was <laughs> going to be a big mistake? Not in terms of the banana bread. Unfortunately, it turned out really well and delicious. <laughs> And so too much of it ended up in my belly, which I knew would happen, but I just felt the need to do something creative, I think is what it was. I need, and baking feels like you're creating something. Um, and the kids were just like mediocre about it. Yeah, it's good. And they each had a slice and then the rest of it's just sitting there staring. <laughs> so this is the problem. And my eating again is okay. I've been walking a lot too, like a lot, a lot my sleeping has been okay so yeah there's still room for improvement um i should probably walk less and do some other things my knee is hurting my knee is bothering me probably because i'm overdoing it on the walking and then not doing enough stretching and whatever so i gotta i gotta find a balance because i feel really off kilter my brain is going to mush yes That's here my brain is totally going to mush i don't feel motivated to do anything and usually sunny skies like this would pep me up and encourage me to do stuff and i'm just forcing my way through every day i really am so mental health is kind of on the fritz god i'm an extrovert i can't handle this for very much <laughs> I need parties and get-togethers. I need them. And um, there's none in the, in the like, near, even far future. So I don't know what's going to happen to me, people. I really don't know. Hmm. What do we do in instances like that? I did see that um, one meeting of the meeting of the moms. Did you see that? Everyone got up before their kids got up and left the house in their separate cars and they went and parked in a circle and all sat in their trunks and had tea. Oh my God, and, I'm convinced all my cousins to do that. And uh, yeah, they just found an empty parking lot and basically had to holler towards each other because you're outside so the sound doesn't carry as well. But uh, that's what they did in order to just actually be in front of somebody else mm -hmm. who, didn't who didn't have to tell you to back up six feet, motherfucker. And you know who you actually wanted to talk to and see. Is sharing food allowed? No. They don't want you to, it, not, if, not with people who don't live in your house. Mm. Now, can you bring a- I buy food from takeout places, then why can't you share food from each other's houses? It's well, I guess if you sharing it. It's same thing, it is the same thing, but a lot of people who are working right now in all these places that, um, cook, bake, and everything, they're wearing gloves, they're wearing gowns, they're wearing masks. Mm. So they're not breathing, whatever they? they need. Well, they're supposed to be, I know, I was telling Kim this last week that um, where Megan's, the McDonald's that Megan's boyfriend works at, they're on a skeleton crew, and they are absolutely locked. Anyone who's touching the food while the food is uncovered is wearing a mask, wearing gloves, wearing gowns, and you're switching every 30 minutes. Mm. Yeah. Oh, you're switching equipment every 30 minutes. Yep, because there's things being sprayed on you and they have to work in close connection, close, close facility, vicinity of each other. So uh, they're all having to switch out. At least that is what the management is requiring at that location. I mean, I, that's good. That is good um, to know. I haven't take, had any takeout, which is part of why I'm feeling so depressed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I didn't realize how much I depended on um, outside food, eating out, takeout, drive-throughs, junk food, that sort of thing. I don't buy that stuff like as a part of my grocery shopping. So you will almost never find any crap in my house, but I eat enough crap because I, I buy it and consume it immediately. It, it's, I don't yeah. have like a box of cookies. I'll buy cookies with my sub and eat it with myself and then it's gone um, oh nice there's some editing for you i i moved the, the mic away even for that oh my goodness <laughs> um yeah and so 
that whole that's all cut off to me the only junk food is in the house is that is stuff that i buy specifically for noah like he tells me gives me a little list i ask him what do you want me to get for you in terms of treats and the kind of stuff that he likes i don't like like ketchup what is chip. it ketchup ah. chip he wants he wants pop tarts ketchup chips pop tarts like frozen crap like pogos shit like that that i wouldn't even go near with a 10-foot pole um yeah and so I buy those things and he eats them right away. He does, he eats tons of fruit, so that's fine, but he does eat some of that crap too. Um, and then he eats them really fast. So then there's nothing in the house. Microwave popcorn he asked for the other day, which I would Ew. never, yeah. I don't like that. I don't like, I have specific requirements for crap food and those are not. <laughs> like so popcorn has to be theater. Yeah, I'm feeling like, where's the joy in life? I'm really trying to find the joy in going outside and being in nature. That fulfills just like a core need, but there's no treats. There's just no treats at all. And <laughs> starting to wear me down. <laughs> starting to wear me down. I've, I've, this has kind of forced me to look at my, my treat and outside food consumption and how it, and how it fits into my life and what, and what a big part of my life it was. Like, eating out not like sitting well, in a restaurant and eating out but i mean like outside food well because it fits your lifestyle though right like that's the thing is it's convenience food not because making your own food and eating it in the car is inconvenient but the type of food it is makes it like the way it's presented makes it easy to eat in the type of life we live when we're going from client to client yeah. or, or, or just getting out or even just coming back from a birth let's be honest having your hand wrapped around two soft buns and a burger is fucking glorious. And you can do it in the car and then you can leave that kind of section behind once you get home. Yeah. And then, it was kind of like my fuel to get yeah. from, from one thing to the other, uh, not necessarily from client to client, but from birth to home, from home to postpartum visit or whatever it is that we do in our, our lives. It feels a little bit like, that that sort of stuff is supporting me and so i guess i've got sucked into that whirlpool of of bad eating with the mistaken notion that that's what that that's fuel and it's not fuel so i think my body's just going through this what the hell man why are, where's all the nice things where's the joy where's the comfort and the rational part of me is saying uh, we shouldn't be finding joy and comfort in junk food, Suzanne. You really should be finding joy and comfort in kale and going outside, <laughs> which is a really hard pill to swallow. But let's be honest, when we get back to the work, to the doula work and stuff like that, it's fucking hard to eat kale in the goddamn car. Yeah. You know how hard it is to eat a salad in the car? Yeah. Well, first of all, you've got to make it and pack it and take it with you and then eat it either eat it in the car or whatever, carry it with you and eat it wherever you are. That's much harder and far less appealing than whipping through the Wendy's drive through and getting a burger and a chocolate frosty and turning up the tunes and you can, you can drive and eat a burger. Sorry, people, I've done that. Maybe you haven't. <laughs> Have you tried to drive, dr uh, car dance? sing and eat kale no your fucking car would be covered in it yeah <laughs> kale has to be eaten at home in a shroud of sadness that's <laughs> <laughs> i'm just joking i really like kale um but it's just not it's it's not the not most mobile food it, it isn't and all sort of healthy food isn't really mobile food I, I, I bet people out there are shaking their heads and saying that we're a bunch of losers because they've been able to find a way to make salads and vegetables and you know quinoa and whatever uh, portable mobile easily accessible for them because that's just who they've always been but it's a real steep learning curve for me to i mean i haven't done it <clears throat> yesterday no the, was it yesterday or the day before day before yesterday i dropped off a bunch of stuff to somebody just on their porch and uh it was a nice long drive downtown and well not downtown necessarily but like queen and woodbine which you know is downtown enough for me <clears throat> and as i was driving around i was like 
oh my God, maybe I should get a shawarma. Oh my God, maybe I can get, <laughs> oh my God, how about this? Oh my God, there's a Timmy's. Haven't been through Timmy's for so long. Oh my God, there's a Starbucks. Oh my gosh, maybe I could get a coffee. Like I was bombarded with all of that stuff. And I had to keep driving. Some part of me kept saying, just keep driving, Suzanne. If you just get home, then all of this, all of this will be over. Just get home, just get home. You got lots of food at home. And I started racking my brain. What do I have at home that I can make that will make me happy? And it was only after I kind of concocted a meal in my head that I could make at home, was I able to keep driving past all, because they're all still out there. They're all still open. I'm just not out there. And don't want to partake of that stuff at this point in our history. So I had to like force myself to just keep driving, go home, go home. And, um, and I made it through. I did not go through the drive through, but it was hard. And that was the first time I was like out there on the roads since this all started. So, <clears throat> yep. That is the state of things. Yeah. 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 So, um, what are we talking about today? Not shockingly, birth-related COVID in issues. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I know that's so offside. Um, yeah, what a, what's going on in the COVID birth world? Well, the, what do you call it? The cancellation of, um, of home birth in some of our provinces. I don't know if that's going to get worse. I don't know if it's going to get better. But uh, as of today, I believe, I think we have, it's Nova Scotia and who is the other, someone else removed theirs. It was Newfoundland, wasn't it? Yes, Nova Scotia and Newfoundland have um, taken away home birth right now. They've canceled all home birth. And my first reaction when I heard that was, what? Wouldn't a home birth be safer for everybody involved? Uh but I guess not. Like you were saying a little bit earlier, Stephanie, that that it isn't necessarily safer for the midwives. Yes. Which I guess I kind of sort of understand because at least you can know what the hospital protocols are in terms of disinfecting each birthing room. Uh-huh. But you don't know what people's disinfecting protocol is for their house. And who's, been in, and who's been in and out of their house and um, yeah, like all the variables that are not in the controls of the midwife. I get in the sense of picking stuff up and dropping stuff off like bacteria wise, virus wise. Um, that is what my understanding is as of right now. I know um, for a short period of time, I think Quebec did the same thing, but they have now backtracked. And what some, who was it I just talking to yesterday was saying that, uh, that what they're trying to do is look at their practice currently and possibly have part of the practice split off to do just home birth and part of them do just hospital birth. Yeah, currently I was thinking that. That would be a good idea. It would be. Um, because then it can still how, how, how that work. Explain to me how that would be. How that would be. I just don't. I just don't understand. How would that be better in terms of infection control? Because so we know that midwives are not going. Some midwives would not be going to the hospital and picking up whatever might be there, and delivering it to a, a home. And whatever people are picking up at um, the people who are choosing to have home birth, they're able to talk just with those families about what practices they want them to have. Again, the, it's, it's a, there's a lot of variables, but um, they want to still be able to respect the individual families and attend them. But just like when we had SARS, some hospitals were requiring that some doulas pro basically promise that if you are attending births at that hospital, you can only attend births at that hospital. Like that was a variable that they were asking. St. Joe's was doing that right. one. Um, yeah, it's just controlling certain variables. That's it. Yeah. But nobody's thinking, talking about doing that. Of uh, the hospitals right now? No, no, no. Midwives, practices, saying some for hospitals and some for home births. Nobody's talking about that, are they? Someone, yesterday somebody was, and for the life of me, I think this, I was reading this 
just before I fell asleep on the couch last night. But it's, it, I can't I can't remember who was talking about it. But they were talking about that as an option. I think it's I think it might have been in Toronto Birth Professionals Group. Someone was talking about that is an option on the table. But just this morning, I'm not sure if it was in Toronto Birth Professionals or another local group. But here in Canada, in Toronto, I believe, um, or just outside of Toronto, also another change that came up is somebody's client who planned an elective um, cesarean section, mm -hmm. the sec their second one, has now been denied the cesarean section because they're canceling non-essential surgeries. Oh, no. What? So somebody who had a cesarean the first time. Yes. And wanted a cesarean this time. And now wanted to, because of the trauma around that the first time, they wanted to reduce, you know, a lot of people either say for one, it's the same type of trauma, but for one person, VBAC will be the answer. For another person, it's like, I need the control, the idea of the controlled date and things like that. So they plan a repeat cesarean section. Um, it has now been canceled because the surgeries at that hospital are, that are non-essential are being canceled. Wow. wow. Yeah. So she will be having a trial, as of right now, a trial of labor. Yikes. I hate that term. I shouldn't use that term. Uh, as of right now, she'll be waiting for spontaneous labor and uh, having a vaginal birth unless something indicates that cesarean is, is the necessary surgery at the time. They're trying to reduce, I guess, infection levels. And when you reduce, reduce surgery, you, you reduce infection levels. Also, the amount of time somebody's in the hospital, I imagine what they're trying to do is... Yeah. Keep people yeah. in the hospital for shorter periods. Yeah. I get it. Oh, I, I mean, I, but again, it's infringing um, aspect of it, but Oh God, how awful for that person. How awful for that person. I'm, I'm hoping that what happens is, uh, no, that wasn't Toronto birth professionals. It was a, a different group, but um, I'm hoping what happens is that person perhaps has a, cause this is trauma. So I'm hoping this person perhaps has a, um, psychiatric care provider or psycho psychological care provider who can write this out as you are creating trauma yeah. here by forcing somebody to experience this in this manner where you can safely and without trauma send them home alternatively like, and have like that consent discussion you understand that by being in the hospital for an additional period of time you are risking yourself into a different group for um, picking up bacteria, viruses before sending you home. It should happen anyway, but right now in this heightened time, awareness should be the key, right? Mm -hmm. But that is where we're at, where birthing choices like that are really, really changing. I, I bet there won't be that sort of, uh, that discussion won't be had though. No. I don't think I don't think that at this point there that 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 those kinds of discussions and options are even being looked at. There, it's it's very very singularly focused, and I'm not saying I disagree with that singular focus because this is a very scary uncertain thing that we're dealing with. But wow, the fallout is huge. Birthing people are in a whole different category, you know. So that sort of begs that whole question about. Um, if birth is going to be in the hospital, it should be considered medically necessary. And then all other births, I heard somebody say that all other births should happen outside of hospital. And if that was the case, we wouldn't be having any of these discussions. All low risk, normal, healthy births should happen outside of hospitals. Um, and if you have to go to the hospital, then you have to be there. I'm not saying I agree with that. I'm just saying somebody said that. And it's an interesting thought when we mix in birth into this whole thing because so many births happen in hospitals and we mix it into the medical system then we have these kind of problems some births do need to be medicalized for different reasons but many yeah. many many do not but yet here they but they are because of our culture and so here we are now in this place where we're having to parse through all of these issues around uh, birthing families and this virus. It will be interesting to see how this unfolds because I'm just um, kind of reviewing this information on Nova Scotia's suspension of mid midwifery or uh, suspension of home birth. It says that the 
The organization said the decision supports measures being taken to curb the spread of the coronavirus and is meant to protect midwives and birth attendants. C.J. Blennerhassett, president of the Association of Nova Scotia Midwives, said she wasn't aware of any evidence to suggest that home births put patients or midwives at greater risk. Mm -hmm. We're just in communication right now with the IWK and NSHA to just to understand that position. So it's sounding here almost like this didn't come at the, From the insistence midwives. of the midwives. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm looking at the same article too. Um, and it kind of feels like everybody's so scared. And if there's a murky area that's even slightly murky, because it feels like time is of the essence that things are just being shut down because mm, yeah. people are afraid to sit, look carefully at something, parse it out piece by piece and make a rational, reasonable, logical decision. Let's just, let's just shut it down. So we don't have to think about it because we're too scared about people dying again. I understand, but it's, it is kind of like a, this, the psychology around it all is what's making this happen. So this always said, I don't understand how, okay, but there are things people can do to keep themselves safe in a home birth. There are things that people can do, you know, uh, it says six to 12 home births in the whole entire city of Halifax within the next few months. That's not a lot. No. Um, but the whole idea of somebody going to somebody, let's just shut it down. Um, let's just shut it down completely. And I, I understand that I I'm in that camp. I decided not to go to postpartum support this week. This week, I had a potential client who had just come out of hospital and I decided not to go. And there were people who were saying, well, you know, but you can take these and these and these specific measures to keep yourself safe and so on. And that's true. But <laughs> there's also this whole unknown thing. And so I decided not to go because of the unknown. Yes, there are measures that I can take, but there's no guarantee. And it feels like this that's what's happening here on a bigger scale. Yeah. And who has access to those preventative measures right now? Um, you know, the things that technically do keep us safe, like N95 masks, gowns, gloves, and shit like that. Yeah. Um, everything is being redirected to the hospitals and the medical centers. Yeah right? Getting your hands on things that actually can stem this and, and curb it are not available to us. To go out to the, into the outside world. Yeah. You mean, yeah. Who has that? I, I gotta say I have three N95 masks three, uh -huh. and I feel an enormous amount of guilt for having three of them, but I'm keeping them. They're locked away. <laughs> so that they <laughs> They're locked away here. I also have somebody brought me a box of gloves and I feel so much guilt having these, these gloves here um, that I gave half of them away to a friend of mine who is a PS, PSW uh, and that's it. So even if I was to go to, and I don't have surgical masks, I don't even know where I would go to get just the plain surgical masks. So, and I certainly don't have gowns and surgical hats and shoes and stuff like that. I don't have it, anything else. So, you know, somebody said, well, you could just change clothes, but my clothes are coming from my house. And I'm not spraying my clothes with Lysol before I put them on <laughs> to go hold somebody's baby. Yeah. They're just clean clothes. So we're improvising all of this. We, we are. And so if I change the baby's bum, should I put on another pair of gloves? I don't, it's all, uh. and yes, if somebody sat down, like a committee sat down and, and, and pieced it out piece by piece to say, here are the things you can do to give you like 95% protection. And this is something you can do to give you 75% protection. That would be useful information to have as such, no committee exists. So I've got to sit here and figure it all out myself. And my, um, my uncertainty and my anxiety won't let me think about it clearly enough to come to those kind of definitive conclusive numbers. So I just say, I'm not going. So how did that go? How did that talk with your client go? I ha I sent them a very nice, gently worded email and I never heard anything back from them. 
I'm assuming they were really upset about it or too busy scrambling around trying to figure out other supports. They never got back to me. So I emailed them again yesterday and still haven't heard from them. So I have no idea what they're thinking, how they're feeling. I don't know. I don't, I don't know them. I didn't, these were people who hired me. We had a video interview. Um, so I don't, didn't know them at all. So, yep. Don't know. And there will be a lot of people in that position right now. Um, but yeah, this whole, I'm wondering what's going to happen with this home birth stuff. Cause again, we had Quebec who then backtracked, changed up how things were going maybe because there wasn't evidence around canceling home birth. Um, now we've got the East Coast doing this. Uh, right now, there's n- nothing coming out of Ontario about it. And well, I had I had somebody in, on, in Toronto, actually, um, approach us with wanting to do an unassisted home birth because their home birth was being canceled. Yeah. The midwives weren't going to do it. I don't know who the group was. Um, and I think that's the other sort of option that will happen is that um, they'll end up, you know, those that are staunchly for doing a home birth and not going into hospital are going to potentially attempt an unassisted. Well, it's not just potentially. I, I see it in, in the trauma groups right now. You see it in the VBAC groups right now, where, especially with the VBAC group, it's really weird that we have this one, well, it's not weird. It, you know, inaccuracies from hospital to hospital are really common, but having the one place that is saying they're canceling all unnecessary surgeries right now. And in some of the other VBAC groups, we have the opposite people saying, well, there's too much uncertainty. We're just going to book it on this date and we're going to add some certainty to your life. And a lot of them are like, no, I, I'm not, I don't need surgery. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a no. Thank you very much. Um, but some hospitals are, and physicians are pushing saying that VBAC, you know, it's, it's a nice idea and everything, but you know, we're just going to book a surgery. It's like, okay, that's still, that it's, it's still more risky than it was as it was yesterday um, to have repeat surgeries versus um, spontaneous labor. But uh, you see hospitals going in both directions right now, which is so upsetting. And so in the groups, a lot of people are saying, I feel like I'm going to get cared for. I don't feel like I'm going to get the gold standard of medical care. I don't even feel like I'm going to get the mid standard of medical care. Um, I feel like they feel like physicians are in panic and control mode. And so they feel like they're going to end up in a dangerous situation by attempting, attempting to have a birth at hospital. Right. Because they're under the stress they're under the care of, of people who are very stressed right now. So they're literally people who had never, ever, ever consider unassisted birth before are now considering it. Yeah. Because of how crazy people out there in the world feel, feel to them right now. I can honestly say that if, if it was me, if I was pregnant, if I was pregnant right now and had the same mindset that I had back when I was having my babies, 100%, I would have had an unassisted birth. So I don't want anybody who's listening to this to take my word for it. I'm not telling anybody that they should do that. I'm saying, I know myself, if I had the same mindset as I had back in the day, I would have absolutely done that. I would have that would have felt safest for you? Yep. Yeah. So and I get it when people say that. Now, with my mindset now, I, I probably would not do that. But knowing myself back then, yeah, my 29-year-old self, <laughs> my 32-year-old self, I, I would have just, just kept on my home birth stuff. And uh, as a matter of fact, there was a... Uh, uh, a little bit of a threat of being forced to go to the hospital with my third home birth, <clears throat> my, my fifth baby, but my third home birth, where my uh, midwife said to me, if the ultrasound shows that your baby is X number of pounds, then you need to go to the hospital to be induced. So I was being um, threatened with an induction in the hospital so not only am I not going to get my home birth I have to give birth in the hospital and be induced oh hell no so I was in quite a quandary about it I was in a quandary about it didn't know what I should do or could do um it just so happens that I went into labor before any of it 
even started. And so I did give birth at home, but if it was this situation, I would seriously, I would be reading up books about unassisted home birth. I knew, I know several people who've had unassisted home uh, births and I would have just called them up to say, tell me what to do. And I would have just done it. And baby would have been born in two hours anyway. <laughs> Unless Suzanne starts freaking out. So no, yeah, I'm not I know, I know that, that people who had who have right now the mindset that I had back then, uh making that jump from planned home birth to unassisted home birth, not that far a leap. Yeah. But you can see how big of a leap it must be for people <gasps> who are planning a hospital-based VBAC totally open to the idea of epidural and medical care to now feeling like going to the hospital literally is not safe for them because of the state of mind of the care providers in the hospital right now. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so scary. I, God, thank God I'm old. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and the flip side, we now have a lot of these people who are having their comfort, their literal comfort, like you were is, you know, planning a home birth, whether it's their first or their fourth, and their personal comfort is laboring and birthing and letting their baby out of their body at home. Now being told that they're going to a place that for many feels like a very dirty, overwhelming, infected, like all of those things that people relate to a hospital on a good day, never mind during COVID. um, They're now being told that's where they need to let their baby out of their body. And, uh, that I can see why yep. there's, there's going, I don't want to say pushback, pushback's the wrong word. It's, it, it's really going to just impact a lot of people. Hopefully, uh, I don't know, hopefully some supports are put in place around that. Like watching for the mental health fallouts yeah, and stuff from people having I, to alter so quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be ideal. Again, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to, yeah. But so, so I think that individual people, individual clients, individual patients have to come up with these things themselves because I don't think that the powers that be and those in authority are going to be thinking about those details. Honestly, I just don't. No. So even more important for people to be educated know their rights not just like that's the truth on a regular day on when we don't have a pandemic happening but specific uh tips skills strategy type things to keep people safe who feel like they're forced to be in the hospital um that kind of thing so i am happy to see a lot of the mental health supports that are out there getting a little louder. And when I say louder, I literally mean like in my feeds, I'm seeing a lot more things pop up about mental health supports, about 1-800 lines, about um, not birth specific, but a lot of people who, a lot of places that are obviously putting some of their money towards Google ads and and, uh, placement on Facebook and placement in parent groups. So that, and, and in any groups that, say if you are struggling here's what you can do like giving people stats on stuff when you're in the midst of crisis you don't give a flying fuck but if you give somebody a number that says you can call me and we are sometimes we're there to listen sometimes we're a resource to get you to somebody who can listen but just actually giving people actionable items that allow them to deal with what they're dealing with that allow them to talk to somebody about what they're dealing with i'm happy to see that more of that is popping up it's going to be important at, whether you're giving birth or not right now. Um, these times are trying for many and I think pushing some people right to the brink. Yeah. Um, I mean, as doulas, you know how we, when we have birth clients, we sit with them beforehand, talk about what all of their options are and their fears and the things that they want or don't want for their birth experience. And then we discuss how we can work together to make that happen. Anyways, that's how my first prenatal goes with my, my clients. It might be good for doulas to sit really collectively or individually and come up with a list of things that you can do to protect yourself in the hospital. So above and beyond 
being assertive and being open and being clear about your needs and so on, but some real concrete strategies about what people can do to keep themselves safer on top of all the other stuff that we tell them. Um, that's, I think that that would be a, a useful, pragmatic thing to do because we sit and we talk about all of these big ideas and whys and where to fours and so on. But okay, so I'm going to have my baby. I have to go to the hospital to have my baby. My partner may or not be there. I may not have all my support people. So what can I actually do to have the best birthing experience possible while protecting myself and my baby? I think that's what we have to start thinking about now um, because... I don't know much else beyond that that we can do. If, the, if this, this is it, if you're not going to have an unassisted birth, if your home birth has been canceled and you've resigned yourself to having birth in the hospital, now what, what can you do to make that within this environment, this pandemic environment, what can we do to make that the most, the, the, the best possible birth experience that you can have? That's what we That's have to do now. That's a big conversation. That's a big conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's maybe that we, maybe we still have people fighting for changes and saying, Hey, listen, this is, these are the things we can do to make people safe. So it's okay to have another support person or whatever until that notion gets into the heads of the powers that be people are still going to keep needing to have babies. Yeah. So one, we need to have one cohort working in that area, but we also need to have people saying to uh, birthing people, listen, this is what you can do. You got to go in there and you're going to be giving birth. Here are some things, some concrete things that you can do. And I mean, that's what I figure is the best that we can do. We're trying to change things in a big way on one hand. On the other hand, on a day-to-day -day basis, there's still, there's still going to be 10 people coming to that labor and delivery ward at this hospital to give birth today. How are they going to do that safely and as least traumatically as possible? Yeah. Well, I guess communication is going to be key there, right? Yeah. Everybody's, everybody's learning how to pivot. Which is, that's why I'm having such a hard time. I'm a okay, bad Ross. pivoter. <laughs> pivot, pivot. Pivot! Pivot! I, I have a hard time uh, pivoting. I, I don't like it. But I don't know how to do it really well. And it takes me Look a long time. Look at you touching your face. <laughs> my face! They're my hands! I can touch them! I've been gone anywhere for three days! <laughs> oh, boy. So, yeah, that's what I think needs to happen right now. That's what we need to be kind of doing. <sighs> Everybody bummed out? <laughs> <laughs> this is supposed to be pragmatism plus comedy. Oh, right, well, we've got you over there. supposed to be pivoting. comedy? So, well, we don't, we're not supposed to, but we do. <laughs> <laughs> we're funny so we, as hell. We think we're funny. <laughs> All of a sudden, our humor just got kicked in the ass. We don't, we don't have any, we don't have anything funny to say. But hey, you know what? M my ex-husband has been pretty nice. He hasn't offered to give me any money, but he's <laughs> cared about my health at least. Um, that's that's one interesting thing that's come out of this. Strange. What, what good has come out of this for you? Is there a silver lining in your quarantine? Everything slowed down. Yeah. I think in my head it hasn't slowed down. Yeah. But then I take note of what's actually going on. I'm like, oh, life really has slowed down. Like we're not going to appointments with the, like I don't have to take Abby to the barn. I don't have to take um, like the kids to their activities. I'm not checking in with everyone's you know care providers and like i am checking in with them the kids still have their appointments virtually with their care providers um so that's like i'm still parenting that way keeping it on the calendar making sure everyone's signed up for their facetime and all that shit um mm -hmm. and i'm keeping tabs in a different way 
I'm keeping tabs in a different way, but it truly has slowed down. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I'll be lying in my bed at in the afternoon playing Candy Crush or something and that feeling like what the fuck are you doing you've got stuff to do and then another <laughs> voice will say no you don't there's nothing else to do <laughs> it's okay you can play Candy Crush until it's time to go to sleep and it's fine because you've done everything that you needed to do today <laughs> which was a very short list and it's okay yep yeah, because before everything felt like I have to get it done before I have to go to. I don't yeah. have to go anywhere. Yeah, that's right. So I should I to... have the bathroom cupboard or should I not? And who is it going to hurt if I don't or if I, if I don't? Uh, nobody. So if you choose to play Candy Crush instead of cleaning up the bathroom cupboard, uh, there you go. It's okay. It's fine. There's no, it's still there today and nobody, nobody got mad. <laughs> I, but it's I just strange. I realize that I need I do need uh, a, a structure of sorts I like it to be loose I like to be flexible uh, but I need I if if the whole day just stretches before me with me just kind of bouncing around that's all I'll do and I'll end up at the at the end of the day feeling really shitty because I've, all I did was just bounce around so even if I have these three things that I got to get done today and even if I do those things by 11 o'clock in the morning and then the rest of the day is mine, I still feel better. I need to have at least a teeny tiny little to-do box. So something with a beginning, a middle, and an end. Because yeah. we are humans and our brains function in such a way that there needs to be a sense of purpose. It doesn't have to be grand purpose. I'm not talking about, you know, yeah. curing COVID. I'm just talking about, um, again, as humans, the way we affect each other the way we impact our lives is with a sense of purpose people generally speaking without a sense of purpose or who like they haven't been able to define what it is on maybe a given day it's something in your to-do box or something bigger we have more of a tendency to slip into depression um it, it looms over you like a like a cloud and says i'm here motherfucker you know you better get your ass and i, I remember thinking that actually as a teenager once when i was not in a good place thinking i, I gotta get moving or like, what, what's that phrase get busy living or get busy dying what's that what's that from that's from oh, like some, morgan freeman what is it morgan freeman said that morgan freeman said that in what's that fucking movie uh tim what's his name and morgan freeman they're in jail andy dufresne i don't know i know i know the movie you're talking about by jumper what's called get busy living or get busy dying okay yeah, and I remember thinking that to myself many, many years ago because I felt like there was something on my shoulder. I was not functioning. I wasn't, and I remember just thinking, even if I can't shake the depression necessarily, I have to do something or it's going to come and get me. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that are feeling that way right now. Like we're limited in what we, generally speaking, lay value in mm -hmm. doing. Like the things that we, place value on for ourselves i'm valuable if i have done a b and c yeah. like so much of that has been limited because we're not doing it yeah yeah um, we have to redefine what holds value right now in our heads like for our own selves in order to be well mm -hmm. um i have tried to start looking at this is what i'm trying to do i'm trying to it's a good philosophy to leave live your whole entire life by to take advantage of of what you have when i'm what i mean is it's not just sort of like a uh uh superficial well i'm grateful for this and i'm grateful for that but to really dive deep at every point in your life into what you have so if it is a really nice day we live in canada so the days that we have where the weather is beautiful, that's comfortable to go outside, we should be doing that every single chance we get because there are so many days when it's shitty to go outside and you're just going to stay your ass in the house. So you should take advantage of when there's good weather. Um, so I'm trying to do that right now with my children because this it is with every bad thing that comes, there are always gifts, right? So this is the gift of time that we've been given. 
and I have time to bake banana bread now. Hmm? I have and eat it. And eat it. <laughs> I have time to be with my kids. And so that's what makes me feel shitty is when I squander the gifts that I've been given. So I, my sister and I were always doing this competing thing to see um, who can get more steps in every day on our Fitbit. <laughs> I always, I always win because she has an office job that she's got to get to. She has to leave her house at seven thirty in the morning, drop off kids at school, drive to work, do her job, come home at five o'clock. She has little kids still, younger kids, and so her life is just not organized the same way that mine is. So I said to her, "It only makes sense that I have more steps than you because I actually have the time to do it. If I had less steps than you, that would be really bad." And so she's spending a lot of time right now, like her kids, they're all playing games together, her and her daughter, um, her, her daughter who does struggle with anxiety and depression issues has a list of self-care things from her therapist, which I think is awesome. So that's what I mean about concrete things. Now that you have the time to do these things, dive down deep into your own self-care and the spending time and connecting with loved ones and so on. And that's how I'm trying to get up and live each day because eventually we're gonna get back to the, oh my God, I have this appointment and that appointment. I'm gonna take the kid here and take the kids there. And there's no time to sit and think about it, about anything. So taking advantage of all the gifts that you've been given, which sounds strange, but it's more than just being superficially gratitude grateful for stuff, but really diving deep into um, what you have that is a bonus, which is a privilege, which is a gift. <sighs> That's the only way that I can see coming out the other end in a positive way. The, and I have to get up and kind of push myself towards that every day. Otherwise, I simply won't get up then. Because there are days, yeah, there are days where that seems absolutely reasonable to just keep my ass in that bed. And sometimes it's fine to do that. That's a gift too. That's a, the freedom and the time to decide today. I'm just going to stay in bed, read. It's watch. a fucking privilege. Yeah, it's a real, it's a, it's a real privilege because there are, you know, nurses and doctors who do have to get up still every single day. And, and put on the precious masks and gowns and stuff and go care for us. And we don't have to do that. Well, I don't have to do that. So I do, so what am I doing with myself then? What am I doing with my life right now? So that's my question every day. Kim, what are you doing with your life today? Besides hanging out with us. What am I doing today? Yeah. God, I don't know. Maybe vacuuming that rug over there. Oh, see, maybe why your rug should not be sparkling. <laughs> well, when you've got a dog lying on it twenty-four-seven, and they're shedding right now. Yep. So is this shedding season? Yeah. Well, he's got a skin thing. He's always shedding. And now it's just that spring letting go of that winter coat that they have. Those big shaggy dogs. Yep. Well, he's not. He's not that shaggy, but he's also old. Do you get, do you ever get stabbed by his hair? No. Or is that just a short hair thing? You can be walking along in my house and you'll think that you have stepped on like a sewing needle or something and you sit down and you have to pull out these super fine hairs from your feet. Oh my I'm God. A, I'm barefoot in the house. So it, it, they are sharp as hell as anybody. I think maybe it's a short hair dog thing or a fine hair dog thing but they get know, in your feet and you have to like, I got to hop over to the couch and sit down and, and take it out. Just like taking you out to splinter. It's like you get dog splinters. No, thank you. No, it thank is not, <laughs> not the fun part of having dogs. Thank God they're cute. That's that they have to be or else I just don't see the point. <laughs> <laughs> you better be cute over there. That's right. Oh boy. Well, ladies, so how about you, Suzanne? What's on the remainder of your day today? I'm Are gonna, you vacuuming any carpets? I'm going to hit that bathroom cupboard that I've been talking about. <laughs> and I have like a list of things that I do twice a year. And uh, the, the months, 
that I do them are April and October. So like the beginning of the warm weather and then the beginning of the cold weather. And I'm going to start on that list today too. I might just do one thing. Like I wash my curtains, take them all down and wash them really easy. It sounds like it's a lot of work, but honestly, it's not. <clears throat> take down the curtains and wash them. And you won't believe how fresh your house feels when you put up just wash curtains. And then I don't dry them. I hang them up wet and it makes the house nice and humid, gives a nice like little bit of moisture in the air. And, um, and they, they dry really fast when you hang them up. So I might do that today, but it, and I have to walk. I have to do my, get my walk in. Oh, have some P3 work to do a little bit, just a little bit. That's it. Make dinner, go to bed on time. Go drink to bed on time. Drink my water, take my medication. That's that. It's my whole day right there. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm going to do this survey that the school board sent out here in Peel. They're trying to determine who needs additional resources and who doesn't because they're trying to get some online learning going through the board. Um, but uh, we are not a technology technology strong house. The only person who has like any sort of updated technology is Roger and it's because it's for work. I have old technology. You guys have seen my computer. Um, and Abby thankfully came home from school with hers. She has a school adjust uh, a school funded computer for her Google classroom, but Megan will definitely need one. So I'm today is going to be my day of sorting out all of that stuff. Um, I spoke, spoke with her school counselor yesterday who called just to uh, touch base with where Megan is and if she wants to do those things, because it's all going to be optional at this point. Um, they just want to make sure that she has the things she needs if she chooses to move forward with Google Classroom. So I'm sure that there's going to be a million parents doing the same thing and I'll be waiting on hold a while. But if I can just commit to not completing that, but just finding out who I need to connect with and and moving through those phone calls and emails and stuff. I will feel like I got, I felt productive today. Productive. There's, there's, there's a goal. <laughs> Just feel if one thing has a middle beginning, it might not have an end, but I will have gotten started on it. That'll be good. Yeah. Shit, even stuff like taking out the garbage sometimes feels productive right now. It's like, Oh, the garbage is full. I will pick it up. I will take it out. I got a little bit of fresh air <laughs> while I'm out here. <laughs> I heard somebody posted something. I gotta go take the garbage out, but first I have to decide what am I gonna wear. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, my daughter, we're, we're I'm trying to reinstitute. We kind of slacked off this week our power hour plan. Yeah. So the bathroom cupboard will be my power hour for today. That's been a, a good thing, power hour, and that helps me to feel feel very productive after I do that. Really gives me a boost. Oh, here's right. something a little interesting before we wrap up. I just heard that one of the reasons why some places are canceling um, unnecessary surgeries, including birth-related, like cesarean section, is because they are trying to preserve their stores of protective gear. Yes. Only for use in, in necessities. Okay. Yeah, interesting. What's, what a peculiar time we live in. That's that the the shortage is so deep or so feared that they would be going to those drastic measures that scares me that 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 is drastic yeah but that i guess we will check back in next week and find out what the dilio is and i think our by next week Maybe it'll all be over by next week. We'll be back at Kim's at the dining table eating donuts because we'll all be skinny by then. And <laughs> we'll sit and talk about it. And you know, maybe we can go have sushi together and plan our next six months of podcasting. Maybe by next week, we'll, it'll, it'll all be like that. Mm? That sounds glorious, doesn't it? The simplicity of going out to sushi together, <laughs> sitting and talking across the table. And, have, and having, you know, a, a, an appetizer donut from Cordy Bakery. Yep. Glorious. Sounds like a fantasy to me. <laughs> I look forward to that day. All right. All right. Well, you ladies have a good day. Stay safe. Right. Thanks Stay for home. listening. Wash your hands, you filthy animals. <laughs>
Stay inside and don't fucking go outside. Stay sexy and don't get infected. <laughs> don't get COVID. All right. Bye. Bye, everybody.